God is big. So strong and so mighty. Well, I hope everybody's feeling good this morning. Once again, we would like to just say happy Father's Day to all our fathers. You all don't mind those who are in here and those who are watching. If you just just put your hands together for all our fathers. I know there may be some subtle claps somewhere, but you know what? If it was Mother's Day, they'd be like, "Woo!" <laughs> we fathers get the rare end of the stick. But that's okay. We're happy to be fathers. Amen. So today, I just want to briefly talk about, you know, a father's love. And, you know, one thing I realize is, you know, I'm not coming up here to give no advice on how to be a good father because, you know, some have been doing it a lot longer than I have and probably a lot better. Amen. But I do feel like, you know, fathers need to be encouraged. Um, and there may be a lot of emotions going on on Father's Day sometime with people, whether, you know, for instance, with myself and, and my family. You know, our father passed a couple of years ago. So, you know, it, it could be someone who's watching and, you know, your father was never there or, you know, your father and your kids are not there. I mean, it could be a lot of emotions. And that's why I say I believe fathers just always need to be encouraged and so with my own life as being a father and my son growing up now being 24 and a grown man hey man <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things I've learned not only on how to love him but within that I have learned a lot about God's love for me and I want to kind of share a couple of stories and get into some scriptures that that kind of opened my eyes to God's love. I'm telling you as a father, you got to see signs. You got to see signs of when God is walking with you. And sometimes you may feel lonely and you feel like, oh, these kids or this or that, but there are always signs that can open up your eyes. And so I, I just want to Sure, share a couple of stories and, and, and say a couple of things on things that I have learned. I have learned on how it opened my eyes. Now, the first thing that I learned is, get, is that God delights in you enjoying life. Uh, Minister Grace hit it on the head. Life is precious. And how many of y'all know that life tomorrow is not promised? You know, it's so funny, and I this not even my notes, but I remember, uh, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, our uh, attorney, the attorney for our, our job, she said, she emailed me. She said, Frank, you just always have such a positive attitude. She said, I wish I could just be more like you. I said, just understand tomorrow's not promising. I'm not about to allow no knucklehead to mess up my today. I'm going to enjoy my day, and I'm not going to let nobody mess this one up because I got this one. I may not have the one tomorrow, but I got this one, and I'm going to live life to the fullest on this day. I remember my son was uh, just a lad. He's probably about 
three or four. I forget what age uh, Wanda remembered because I remember we took the kids to Disney World and there was Kim and Diamond and, and uh, some more people. But I remember we went to Disney World and it was when they first opened the Disney World Hotel. I forgot which one it was. So they were still putting it together, still in construction. But I remember we were there and we were sitting out. They had this big old pool with all these water things and we just sitting out there and we chilling, just watching the kids enjoy themselves. We didn't have to do much. We, we you know, and, and I wish back then it was the picture era. They didn't, you weren't taking cell phone pictures back 20 years ago like that or I would have bought some pictures and showed you. But our main thing is, I don't remember a lot of the water parks. I don't remember a lot of the slides they were going down. But one thing I do remember is the joy, enjoyment that they had with enjoying those slides. And I just want you to understand that God looks at the fact that you can enjoy those things that he has put into your life. He's not so much looking at what you have. He's looking at how much you enjoy what he gave you. It's the enjoyment of life that God loves. It was even when he was in middle school, I remember most of my time was taking him and his friends to the park to play basketball. <laughs> now, did I want to do that every day? No, I did not. But the, the joy that I saw that was on their face. I hope you all get what I'm saying. God wants to see you enjoy your life. You have to get yourself up. <laughs> And enjoy the precious life that God has given you. Have, have you ever watched the sunrise? I remember we was in Canada one morning. It's probably the only morning I got up real early. And I went outside and I, I just sat there for a minute and watched the sun. Now, I ain't watched it the whole time, but I saw the sunrise. And it was such a beautiful sight. Well, let me share something with you or ask you a question. Who created the sun? God is not excited about, the wa about watching the sun rise. He created the sun. But he does get an excitement out of watching you watch what he created and enjoying it. His creation and his beauty, that is why he made sure that he created things that we could enjoy. I'm going to tell you, and, and my family tell you, we was in Canada for a whole week. We made sure that we were, we were in a place that we don't live. We made sure that every day, rain, shine, sleet, snow, we found something to do. Why? Because we were not going to allow one day to be wasted. Why can't we do that in our ordinary life? And I want to encourage every father today, and this, this is probably a Father's Day message, but it can go for mothers and single, whatever. Make a goal that from this Father's Day to this Father's Day, I'm going to make some plans to enjoy my life. I'm going to do some things that I've never done before. I know I've been putting it off, baby, and I apologize. I'm going to do it this year. Let's go. 
Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Just think about it. Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. He said in the, in the beginning, he created heaven and earth. And then he came and created light. And when he created that light, the word says that he saw it was good. Good for who? Not him. Then he created heaven, separated the waters and the land, the earth and the sea. And he saw that it was good. Then he made sure we had vegetables to eat, and he saw that it was. Then he created the sun, the moon, the stars, and he saw that it was. Then he created the creatures of the waters and the earth, and he saw that it was. Then he created man, and he said, uh-oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> no, he created man, and the word says that he saw that everything. I forgot to put that. He saw that everything was good. It was good for who? For us. For us. Don't spend all your time in the same city. He saw that the earth was good for who? Us. God has given us grace to enjoy the things that he has created, but he needs for us to be grateful. You cannot be grateful for something that you take for granted. You will never be grateful for someone or something you take for granted. The second thing I, I noticed through God's love is that you are not a bother to God. You're not a bother to God. Isn't it crazy that 94% of kids search the internet for answers before they do their dads. They search, and you know what the reason why they say it was? Because dad comes with all these questions. <laughs> he beats them to the ground. He reacts certain ways. But I'm not saying that to beat on dads. I just want you to, sh to show you something that our heavenly father is never annoyed. No matter how many times you ask him questions, he never overreacts on our prayers. He never overreacts on our react on our requests. And that every dad in here and every dad who's watching, you can you can you can attest to this. There is no greater joy than when your kids come to you for wisdom. It is nothing greater than to have that type of influence for your kids. So I want to encourage you, just be a little patient. Now, I know sometimes we look at him, Lord, have mercy. My son, some of the decisions he made, I was like, boy. But that's why I raised him, to make his own decisions. Regardless, he, I'm not, I did not raise my son to live out my life. So our Heavenly Father is never annoyed. He's never, he never overreacts to our prayers or our requests. Now, I want you to think about something. Luke chapter 18. 
we've read, I'm sure we've all heard the story, Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it says, then Jesus, and this is, uh, um, uh, Jesus, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Somebody say pray, pray. and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. He didn't like people. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come back and attack me. <laughs> know what color she is and the Lord said listen to what the unjust judge says and will not judge and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night will he keep putting them off I tell you he will see that they get justice and quickly now I know all of us have read the story and, and I think sometimes we look at this um, because, you know, a lot of times Jesus, when he gives parables, uh, for the most part, when he used characters, is usually God and us. And so, you know, we look at it as an allegory. An allegory, you know, is a story that relates to something, trying to bring it to life. A parable is basically Jesus showing us how God wants it done in heaven. The problem is that this story that we're reading right here is not an allegory. It does not relate to God. It, it's a contrast. In other words, it's showing you the difference of how God would react as opposed to someone who, who don't want to help you at all who, or who don't want to like you or who's mean or who's whatever. So it's saying that if this man who do not even like people, who do not even fear God, will ultimately give in to all these requests. What would a God who loves you so much do for you? How much more do you think God will come in and give you the wisdom and the answers and the requests that you need? How much more? Because he's just such a good God. And here's the thing I stick in my mind, and I keep in my mind, if God can create heaven and earth, he can do anything for me. So he said, the same way I love for my son to come to me with something is the same way God loves to hear our voice coming to him for something. So I'm not sure if there's something you're dealing with, Dad, or something that's going on in your life or something that you need God to come in and do. But God is never bothered by your request. I think God is more bothered when you don't bring it to him. And then you expect him to take care of it. How can a father know if a child is in distress, if a child don't bring the problem to him? It's the same way with God. He knows, but God is a kind of God that is not going to come in and bombard your situation without you asking him to come in and bombard it. The third thing I understand through, through God's love and through the love that I have uh, been able to display with my son is that you're not alone. I remember my son, he was real young, and I bought this go-kart. 
And so the go-kart was fixed up as a fancy race car, right? So I'm thinking, I buy it, boy. This thing could go up a hill just like that. Well, I had a hill on my house where my house was, and when I tried to get that thing up there, <laughs> it just came right back down. I didn't understand the multitude of the horsepower. But that thing would not go up. That, so you know what? Every time my son wanted to ride that go-kart, I had to push that go-kart up that hill. And then I had to let him get in that go-kart. And then I had to let him ride down that hill. Now, here's the problem. Not only did I have to push the go-kart up the hill, I had to hold on to the go-kart while he was going down the hill. <laughs> I was in pretty good shape then, so here I am pushing this thing up the hill and then running down the hill holding on to the go-kart so that he would be able to stop when he needed to stop. He didn't know I was holding on to the go-kart. He just thought Dad was following after him. But what he didn't understand is that I knew that if I didn't hold on to that go-kart, that could have been a catastrophe. It's the same way with God. You're not alone. You're not in this alone. You're not doing anything alone. I don't care even when you make mistakes. Guess what God is doing? He's holding on to that go-kart. Even when you don't know which way to turn, God is holding on to that go-kart. Whenever you feel like you're alone, and, I, and, and like I said, I know there's different emotions with fathers, you know, the relationship with your kids or whatever it may be. But let me tell you something. You're not alone. God is holding on to that go-kart. He got you every step of the way. I love what the word says. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You know what that means to me now? He'll never take his hand off that go-kart. <laughs> I have a, 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 another crazy story. I remember we was at the man-made beach. And I taught my son how to swim. We used to go to the pool all the time, so I taught him how to swim. And this man-made beach, they had this thing where all the kids would go and grab onto it and pull up and, and get on top of it. And so he's young, and he think, you know, he think he's Hercules. And so he's, I'm like, no, you can't go out there, boy. He's like, come on, Dad. You know how they do. No, son. I can handle it, Dad. Come on, Dad. No, boy. Come on, Dad. All right, go on, boy. You know, I let him go on out there. He did not make one swim in that water with my eye, without my eyes on him. He gets to the thing, right? And he's trying to pull up on it, but he's slipping. And so I'm watching, and I was like, let me get on up and go on in this water. And he's slipping, and as soon as he went down, there I was. I called him. I said, see, I told you, you couldn't do this. <laughs> but I applaud the effort. What he didn't understand is that God, that Frank, his dad, had his eyes on him. And whenever he got ready to fall, I was there to pick him up. See, thinking of this and these situations, and, and I'm sure there are some dads who got similar stories, but thinking of this and this situation, I don't see me and my son. I see me and my God. Because sometimes he allows me to step out. Sometimes he allows me to try different things that I'm afraid to try in other situations. 
Even though I may fear, he allows me to step out. But he's saying, go on out. Because if you fall, I still got you. And if you go too fast, I still got my hands on that go-kart. So don't feel like you're alone. Psalms 121, 1 through, says, 1 through 3 says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from where? The Lord. The maker of what? Heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. And he who watches your, over you will not slumber. God will not allow you to walk at this alone. You may have your hands full. You may be confused about something. You may be struggling. Like I said, there are moments as a father that, that I myself, and I know some, I wish I could take back. I'm not that perfect father. But God allowed me to make them mistakes to show me his love for me and how I need to love my son. God is most, is most powerful. God is most powerfully present when you feel as if he is absent. That is good. God is most powerfully present when you feel as if he is present. I don't know about you, but I was, I'm thankful to be here on Father's Day. I am thankful to be alive. I woke up this morning, and after I looked at the word, I put on, on my little YouTube, and I put on my theme song, thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. Because I just want to let you know I could have been dead, sleeping in my grave. It could have been me outdoors with no food, no clothes. And I'd be doggone if I'm going to wake up one day and take for granted what you have done for me. I'm going to thank you for my kids. I'm going to thank you for, for my siblings. I'm going to thank you for my nieces, for my nephews. I'm going to thank you for everything that you have given me. And I am not going to take it for granted. You can take the day for granted if you want to. But I'm telling you right now, I have seen numerous of my my fellow classmates just falling off. And every funeral I go to, I plan another trip for me to go on. Sorry, Ben, I almost went with you on that. <laughs> I heard you over there. And the final one, as I get ready to wrap up, your sin does not make you second class. As much as I love my son, I know that there are some decisions that he make that has or that may break my heart. But once again, as I said, those are his decisions. I am not going to be mad at my son for the rest of our life because he made a decision that I did not like. That's his life. And neither will God be mad at you for the rest of your life because you made a dumb decision. God does not hold your sins against you. 
Let me say that again. God does not hold your sins against you. There is no choice he can make. Uh, there is no thing that he can do that would change the fact that I love him. And there is no choice and there is no thing that you can do that would change the fact that God loves you. Matter of fact, God proved that he loved you before you were even born. Y'all heard that country Georgia in that bone. Before you he was in bone, he proved he loved you. I mean, we, we remember the story of the prodigal son. He comes to tell his dad, Dad, I want everything that's mine. And I'm getting out of here, doggone. I'm tired of this thing. And the dad said, well, you go on in. And he came as fool. But he gets out there and he realizes this ain't, this, this ain't what I thought it was. I mean, I thought I could get out here and party hard. I know how dad bought me up. I know how mama taught me. I know what they told me my principles was. But shoot, I want to go out here and live my own life. And he gets out there and finds himself eating with the hogs, with the pigs. And he comes to himself, as the word says in Luke 15. He says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He said, I'm going back. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell my God, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, Lord, that is so good. Even though he had not fully made himself back to where he needed to be. He was still out in the streets, still doing his thing, still party-hearted, still sinning, still doing all that. But because he had that will to get back to the Father. The word says while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the word says that he made this big feast for his son and invited everybody. He's back. And I thought to myself, that don't make sense. Why would the, the father run to the son? It seemed like the son should have been running to the father. But we, we, what we don't understand, this is a father's love. That father missed that son more than that son missed that father. And that son will never be out of that father's heart. And so the father ran to him and hugged him and kissed him. The father missed the son so much because he remembered those days we had them little tiny toes. Y'all remember that when you kids? Them little feet, them many feet. He thought about them days when he changed his diapers. Them days when it was gaga, goo goo. You know, them days before he could talk back. <laughs> Those days before he could give an opinion about what he thought. But that's the good thing about God. He remember our first steps too. You remember 
when you were still a mess trying to do your best. He remember when you first came to him. He knew you were still out there in the back, in the corner, doing what you do. He remember your baby steps. But he's saying, you know what? A father's love never leaves their child. So I say this as I close. Fathers, enjoy your life. Enjoy your life. There, there should, I did a, a home-going celebration a couple months ago, and I could feel the tension in the room from, from this side to this side. And I said, I don't know what's going on in here. I said, but I feel it. I said, y'all need to let this go. And y'all need to live your life because the same way he's down here, you can be down here tomorrow. So you can hate people for the rest of your life if you want to. But y'all need to fix this. And I want to tell you, fathers, enjoy your life. Don't allow that nonsense to be a burden on your heart for the rest of your life. I just want to encourage you in that way. Why? Because God got you. The mistakes will happen, but just stay connected to God's love. You will never regret staying connected to God's love.